Hey everyone, it's Connor. Thank you so much for joining us for a brand new episode of Drama. You're gonna love it so much. You're gonna love Rebecca Naomi Jones. We had the best time with her, so get ready for that in a second. But before you listen to this episode on the main feed, I wanna tell you that we also have a bonus feed. Yes, we have a Patreon, Drama Plus, where every month you get extra episodes with your favorite twins, Connor and Dylan, chit-chatting away about all things theater, pop culture, love, and life. We give you the real scoop over there. It's so fun. And it's $5 a month at patreon.com slash thedramapodcast. And you also, how could I forget this, get added to our Instagram close friends. What more could you want in life? All right, time for the show. Bye. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got numb? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say, Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, I have to admit, I'm very jealous. We were talking a little bit before, but then I said, stop. Let's talk about it once we hit record. You returned to my old home, 54 Below, last night to see a cabaret. The Countess Cabaret. Countess Luann de la Seps from The Real Housewives of New York. I know. It felt wrong being there without you a little bit. I think I've said this oh, before, but I know when you were when you worked there, I was there with you. I, I don't think I was ever there without you, you know? Yeah. So we, we, weekly we were seeing things. Oh my God, we had the time of our lives. I mean, we saw things yeah. because you were there and you worked on these shows with these artists. I feel like we just took so many more chances on like, oh yeah, like I like them. Let's go see it. And it would be the best, mm-hmm. the best time. Yeah. I haven't been back since March, 2020, like to see a show. Whoa. I know. The last thing I saw was Alice Ripley. In concert, actually. Really? I think I was with you, of course. Of course, of course. But Dylan, the Countess Cabaret. I mean, I remember when she was performing there years ago, but I wasn't into Housewives yet. But to be in 54 Below, where she famously on season nine of The Real Housewives of New York. Or wait, was it 10? It might have been 10. You would know better than me. season 10. When she took the cabaret to 54 Below, you know, Bethany shouted at her, life is not a fucking cabaret. Right. Incredible. But... She's amazing. She's a show woman, Dylan. You've seen her before. Oh, yeah. She has panache. Oh, yeah. And she smartly leans into (laughs) what the fans want, which is all the Housewives references, jokes, songs. There was an interlude where she went to change her outfit and she played one of her own music videos for us to watch. I mean, that's really something. That's camp. camp. Oh, it is total camp. She takes it all so seriously. And you said she did a Cheetah Rivera tribute, which we have to say we we have to some flowers to Miss Cheetah Rivera, who... Again, a 54 Below story. I worked with closely on her shows the last couple of years before the pandemic. And what a pillar that is just, it's just so sad. But what a life, 91 years old. I know, Dylan, you, I remember you never did this, but you took me up to meet her. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have to I meet Probably her. shouldn't have done it. I probably shouldn't have That's done okay. it. That's okay. Now I have a great rules. picture with her, but she was so yeah, sweet. Yeah. I remember you, tell, you told her we were twins and she like looked at both of us and was like, you sure? <laughs> yeah, she's like, you lying to me? <laughs> but anyway, Anyways. the cabaret was amazing. And Lou spoke on the rumors that she's returning to The Real Housewives next season with a wink. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, that'd be a great show. Wink. And it was just, it was great. She did do a cheetah tribute. Uh, she sang cabaret from cabaret. I will say her sultry voice 
I would, would say is suited for the Candor and Ab Cannon. I would agree. I thought there's mm-hmm, our next mm-hmm. Sally Bowles. I, I thought, wow, wow, wow. I'm, Whoa now. I'm kidding. Whoa I'm now. kidding. Um, she should play that Frau role. I forget her name. But anyway, Dylan, we have to jump in with this guest. We're so excited. We have another icon, another icon with us. Today. Absolutely. I'm stoked. The credits are beyond. So I'm just going to jump mm-hmm. in to reading this this bio. Let's do it. All right. Our guest today is an absolute icon, as we said, known across mediums for her starring roles and scene-stealing performances in Broadway musicals and television shows. She was nominated for a Grammy and a Drama Desk Award for her reinvention of Lori Williams in the Tony Award-winning revival of Oklahoma. Her many other Broadway appearances include starring as Yitzhak and Hedvig in The Angry Inch, What's Her Name, An American Idiot, Significant Other, and Passing Strange. Audiences will know her from her recent role in I Can Get It For You Wholesale at Classic Stage Company, Marie and Rosetta, As You Like It, and Love's Labor's Lost with Shakespeare in the Park. A Lucille Lortel Award-nominated turn-in murder ballad, Big Love, The Fortress of Solitude, Wig Out, God bless you, Mr. Rosewater at Encores, and many more credits, including touring in Rent. She's been in movies like Someone Great, The Outside Story, The Big Sick, and Beyond. You recognize our guests from television roles in, and just like that, Genius, Aretha Franklin, Black Cake, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, Inside Amy Schumer, Limitless, Difficult People, High Maintenance, Smash, and Blue Bloods. You'll also know her voice from the podcast Bleeding Love and Marvel's Wastelanders, doom she's always delivering and delighting us and we're gagged to have this queen on drama please welcome to drama rebecca, rebecca naomi jones killed that that was awesome <laughs> thank you thank you hi it's so nice to have you on the podcast we adore you it's so nice to be here i i already adore you both <laughs> um i was just thinking i was remembering that i never i've never been a housewife's person, please don't be mad. But never. I was on that episode of Difficult People that I did also involved Countess Luann. And I remember that being like a <laughs> thing that people were like, oh my God, what's she like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. Yeah. I, I've never seen Difficult People, but it's on my list is one of those things that everyone loves and just have yet to get to. Yeah, there was a lot of snark on it, but it was it was great. And um was that HBO? It was Hulu, right? I think it was Hulu. I okay. think it was like early days of Hulu. Yeah, yeah it was Julie. Okay. Um, My girl Shakina was on it. Oh, uh, Shakina Nathak. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've been friends since, uh, I mean, 2003. Wow. <laughs> was that one of your Rent peeps? Yes. Yeah. So when I was touring with Rent, that same production, we toured through LA and Shakina was, I think she was living in LA then. And she and her friend Chet, who used to be, like massive rent heads. They were like, let's go see the touring production of Rent, just like old times. And then there was this random after party for this one night that we did in LA, I think at like Formosa Cafe or something. And Shakina was there and we just like kikied all night and became friends. And, you know, over the years we were like in touch and not in touch and in touch and not in touch, but she became, you know, one of my closest friends. That's so special. Shakina is such an icon. I mean, truly like- I know. So singular. I know. She's <laughs> she's she's a special, special being. Yeah. yeah. Difficult People was one of those first shows that Hulu had. And it was before the streaming boom, because it was like Hulu had the reruns, but then they had some of their originals, like right. Difficult People. And I think if it would have come out a little later when everyone was used to getting their TV in that way, I know this sounds yeah. like a strange thought, but I really think it would have taken off in like a Schitt's Creek type of way or something where if everyone had more, I don't know. It, it, yeah. I think it was ahead of its time. Yeah, I think you're right. I do think you're right. 
because it was very sharp. Mm-hmm. And it had that like New Yorky, that like really like hardcore New Yorky thing, the way like, I mean, it's so different from, but I was going to say the way something like Broad City, maybe uh, high maintenance or something. Oh, yes. um, but oh, I do love Broad City, but it is more in the Broad City vein because it's so like, it's much more like straight up comedy, whereas high maintenance is more I don't yes. know, moody. And- mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Gosh, Broad City. It's like a time capsule of like the New York that I just love so much. (laughs) I know. I love that show so much. Wish I could have been on it. (laughs) I know. I was going to say, I'm shocked you weren't. I mean, I... It's, it's probably interesting. Like you were always in a Broadway show over the last like two decades. And so like having that schedule and probably trying to squeeze in other yeah. things is probably difficult. Yeah, so. it was a lot. It was a lot. And then auditioning for TV on top of it was, it was hard. It's been nice actually to kind of step back from doing consistent like Broadway shows and, and off Broadway shows. So that like when I'm, you know, now like when I'm putting audition tapes together which is of course so many now more 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 tapes than in-person auditions it's just like I feel like I do feel that I can focus in a way that I just was not of course was not capable of doing when I was exhausted from doing the eight show a week schedule so yeah mm-hmm. wow sorry I realized that I'm doing that thing where people like sit on their cords was it called vocal fry that's that's where I'm sitting I'm gonna try and support a little better so I'm not like grading <laughs> listen it's early it's a Sunday morning we're all just relaxing we're having our coffee it's it's wonderful don't don't worry yes cheers yes when I sit down to record my vocal fry comes out like I, yeah, no, same. I don't always have it, but it's something about uh, Dylan's boyfriend told me that I need to, you know, speak, you know, I don't know. I don't yes. know the right term, but he was like, you're going to lose your voice more often if you don't. Right. I don't know. Like, I guess sit on it. But wait, do you go by Rebecca, Rebecca, Naomi? Oh, Rebecca. Rebecca. Okay. Or Becca. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Some people call me Bex. Did you choose to go by Rebecca, Naomi be- when you were getting your equity card? Oy vey, yes. Yeah. So, so <laughs> this is actually... Ugh. It's like such a dumb story, but like my real middle name is Eugene. Oh, um, oh wow. Yes, which is spelled E-U-G-E-N-I-E. So when you look at it, unless you're familiar with that name, which some people are, it's like a French name originally, but you know, people think it's Eugenie or Eugenie right. or Eugene or like Eugenie or, you know, it's confusing. Uh-huh. And it used to irk me when I was a kid. So, of course, I tried to, when I was originally joining Equity, I tried to just be Rebecca Jones, because that's what I went by my whole life. And there was somebody who was who had already taken that name, of course. And so I was like, oh, I'll just, my best friend at the time, her middle name was Naomi. And I had also read somewhere that the, what's the word, etymology of of that name was that it was a, a creature from two different worlds. And, mm. and I just had always been very proud of being mixed and just like being the combination of my two parents and what that brings to my life. And and so I was like, okay, this kind of sure. works, you know? So that's why I'm Rebecca Naomi Jones, but I actually don't love being a three name actor. Like, I think it's like a little cheesy. Like it just takes me back to the, no offense, <laughs> but like the Brian Austin green of it all. And I'm like, sure. it just feels a little like actor. Um, and I wish I could take it back. Honestly, like I wish I could just like go by Rebecca Jones now, but I'm like, I don't know. It feels a little late. I love Rebecca Jones, to be honest with you. It's there's something like sort of sexy and oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, should I just try? I don't know though. Should I just like be that person who just now like <laughs> they'll they'll figure it out that is the same person? 
you know? Yes, but the Naomi is so legendary. I mean, I feel like everyone knows you as RNJ, you know, at the same time. So see, this is the problem. I mean, yeah. I appreciate that, but of course. I don't know. We'll follow you no matter what. Okay. You know what? I'll take that to heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'll run it by my people. I really will. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got people. <laughs> oh yeah. We started gabbing right away, but we do like to check in with our guests. Are you well? Yeah. I'm like doing pretty well, I'd say. Yeah. I, I've got a couple of things, you know, that are taking it from like the 100% down a little bit, but I, but I'm, I would say like overall, I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm mostly healthy and very happy and trucking along and, you know, positive vibes. Yeah. It's been a good 2024 so far. It has, it has. Yeah. I feel like there's a good movement, you know, and totally. I feel like, especially, I know we've only had like, this is day four of February, but right. I think February is like a good, a good month. I feel like January is kind of like recovery from holidays and mm-hmm. all of the pressure we put on ourselves at the end of the year and like kind of gathering our shit together. I don't know if mm-hmm. I can use those words here. Please do. But I feel like February is like, all right, here we go. Sure. Where, where are we going? How are we getting there? And I don't know if you can say much, but I know that you've mentioned to us that you're working on a couple of things. And are you able to talk about anything that's in the works that you've oh, been, been doing? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm not allowed to talk about, I mean, it's such a, it's not like a huge deal thing, but I, I did get, we love when we get a straight offer for TV. It's like, oh. it's, it's very cute to do that. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like I've been so lucky now with theater to have that happen. Oh, for a while, amazing. but but it's so nice to get that for TV because it's just like the not having to put yourself on tape and just the feeling that like, oh, you know, people do know who I am in this medium and and it does matter the work that I've done and you know it's amounting to something. So that's been nice. So I I did get an offer for this um three episode arc on this show, and I'm in the middle of filming that, which has been really nice, really wonderful people, really, really beautiful, wonderful set and lovely crew and cast overall. And it's just been nice and fun and easy. And I like the role, um, but I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it yet, but that's okay. you know, I'll, Congrats. was it that they knew you from something else or that you had been on tape for them previously? I think it's probably that the casting director has cast me in a couple of things before and probably oh, was okay. like, Oh, I know somebody who could do this. That's my guess, but it could be also, I mean, it's a New York show and definitely like a bunch of theater actors are in it oh, love regularly, but also are like in it often as guests. So I feel like it's also probably just like, oh, oh her, her, you yeah. know, they, they mm-hmm. probably are just, they just know the pool. So that's been really nice. And other than, other than that, I've just been weirdly kind of busy with other things. Like I, I just did this. This is a, the thing that really scared me. I don't do this very often, but I did a, an assembly and masterclass at my old middle school. Oh. And that happened on Tuesday, this past Tuesday. So that's why I'd also been a little bit like, I'm a little, I felt a little overwhelmed leading up to sure. it um, just because I had to prep my song that I was going to sing, but also kind of get my head around like, I'm going to be the teacher, you know, and like <laughs> just all of the self, you know, self-induced drama that comes with that. But mm-hmm. yes, things like that, little concerts that's that I've so been doing. Cool. Yeah. What did you end up singing? The first idea that I had was that I was going to sing only stuff that I'd sung professionally in shows, but I ended up doing three songs that I'd sung professionally in shows and one song that 
I want well, I just tell you. <laughs> I don't need all the preamble. Come on, Jones. I love it. I love it. We love context. Oh, I, I'm like full of it. So, okay. The first song that I did was actually the song that I love so much from I Can Get It For You Wholesale that I just was in. I sang Who Knows, which I don't know if you know that song, but it's just so beautiful. It's like jazzy and romantic and the lyrics are so good. And it's kind of, the intro is so fun and funny. And I, I just, I love it a lot. So I was happy to sing that. And then I sang Rosalind Be Merry, which is a song from Shana Taub's As You Like It that we did, yeah. yes. um, Shakespeare in the Park. And then I did uh, one of my favorite songs to sing, which is from Love's Labor's Lost, also a Shakespeare adaptation. I did uh, Love's a Gun, mm-hmm. just to you know punch it out into something a little more dramatic. And then I ended with this song from Children of Eden, which is called Ain't It Good. It's like a huge, oh. big, belty, almost gospel-y song. I mean, it is gospel-y, but it's like not, it's from a musical. Um, yeah. I did do that show, a version of it. I did a concert version of it at the Kennedy Center years ago. I was like so in over my head. I had no idea that it was one of those things. Much like the production you were talking about of God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, which is at Encores, where like, I just didn't realize, I don't know how I missed out on this, but like, I didn't realize that when you show up for those like concert readings, like there's no reading, like you should show up for that, like quick and dirty Muni style. Not that I've ever done the Muni, but like (laughs) that you should show up for that rehearsal process, like knowing your shit back to front, you know? Uh And I just like, why it's that? I I don't know either. And and I just didn't know. I thought it was going to be like, okay, we're all going to be in this together. It's going to be scary. We're going to learn real fast. And it was like, no, baby, like everybody else knows their songs already. This is basically like Mm. brush up rehearsal. And I just, I was, I, I do not think I was great in my role, but, um, but you were fabulous. It's probably like better than I think in my brain. But <laughs> anyway, I did not sing that song. I, I played like the the one that's like ingenuity. Spark of Creation. No, I think that. Did you sing that one? No, I no no. I think Spark of Creation and Ain't It Good are the same character. Okay. I sang the one that was like something about a bird. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know that musical very well. <laughs> so the, I do not either. I only know Spark of Creation. So I'm like, oh, wait, is that is that Lost in the Wilderness? Uh huh. Yes. That is? Okay. Yes, that was Jeremy Jordan did that part. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So like only hacks. Um, yeah. But <laughs> this great other actress sang the part that did Spark of Creation and Ain't It Good. But I remember that song just being so fun to sing it, like even just as her, you know, chorus. And so that I sang for this assembly because it, it was a great way to kind of end it. Like I started with like little small, delicate kind of, you know, light, almost lyrical music and then ended with the big belt song, you know, and then did a masterclass though. So it was oh, that's so pretty cool. wild, but fun. And you said yeah. for middle school students? Yes. I think the assembly was for six, seven, eight. And then the masterclass, it was just for vocal students. It's not an art school, but there's students who are really into vocal performance and learning that. And I think they were eighth grade. Okay. I would have loved that. When I was that age, that was when I really got into the arts. So that would have been such a treat. Oh my God. Totally. Yeah. You're a New Yorker your whole life, right? Yeah. Born and raised. Okay. I'm raised, wow. which was so cool because like, you know, if you are getting into the arts, then there's just so much for you to play with, you know, like yeah, I went sure. to, I sang in the Metropolitan Opera as a kid and I took piano lessons and I took modern dance and took visual art classes at the Art Student League, Art Students League, wow. you know, you could kind of like play around and see what 
moved you. Yeah. yeah. And would your mom just kind of like help you find these things or was it like, you'd yeah, seek it out yourself or, okay. Oh yeah. My parents were like both, my parents were both artists. My dad was a musician. My mom is a photographer and they both were just so, so encouraged. I was very lucky. They, they definitely believed in me and they believed that I should absolutely, you know, lean into these things. And so, yeah, they, they just like found the, I'm sure it was my mom and not my dad, but I don't know, <laughs> like found the places that I went for, for those things. But but I think some of it was like recommended by friends, you know, like I was singing from the start, but I remember that we had another, I think it was probably like a friend that I had made in my modern dance class was in the children's chorus at the Metropolitan Opera. And they were the ones who were like, oh, you should go audition for the children's chorus at the Met, you know? So I think that's how yeah. we found out that that was even a thing. Wow. Where did, where does the Met Opera perform? Uh, right at Lincoln Center. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Beautiful. As a kid oh performing there. Oh my God. Yeah. It was a dream. It was a dream. It was very cool. I could picture you all little freckles. Yeah. 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 It was, it was lovely. And you know, it's such a massive place and there's so much history there. So, you know, it's like signing in at the stage door and all that was just so thrilling. Yeah. It was, it was thrilling. That's so yeah. special. What was the moment that got you into the arts? Your ring of keys moment, as we like to say on the pod. Yeah. I mean, okay. I was thinking about this and it's tough because it really was, it was like, it was immediate. You know, my dad, as I said, my dad was a musician and I grew up with like music everywhere and just all around me. And he was always really like working and, and working with musicians and working with singers. So, I mean, my dad used to tell the story that like, when I was born, <laughs> he started singing to me and I like raised my fingers up and started kind of moving my fingers and opening my eyes with delight. And, and the, the story goes that my dad was so thrilled that I was like so engaged and he was like, she has long fingers. She's going to play the piano. <laughs> and he got so excited and like, you know, ran through the hall screaming. Aww. But so I do think like I was so encouraged as a young kid that it was just always in me. That said, I remember, I really remember my parents taking me as a young girl to see shows and concerts and, and musicals. And I remember seeing this, I think it was a musical called Serafina. And I think that was at Lincoln Center Theater, I think. And I remember, I remember as a young kid just being really blown away by it. And I also remember that when I saw these shows as a kid, my parents would ask me questions, you know, like, do you see yourself in this? And what was it about this that you liked? And, oh, and I remember there was another show, I think that was also at Lincoln Center called Mama, I Want to Sing. I still remember there was this hook that was the, the titular song. And I remember it was like, Mama, I want to sing. Mama, I want to sing. And I just, rem I just remember being like, yeah, that's me. I want to sing. You turned to your mom and you were like, hey. Yeah, I was like, hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those those things, I think just just having the privilege of getting to see all that culture as a kid, just yeah. it it was kind of inevitable. Wow. Now I, yeah. then I need I need to hear Mama I want to sing. You yeah, know, look her up. Look I need her to hear her. Up. Yeah. What a bop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what your first Broadway show you saw was? I think it was probably a chorus line. Because because oh, okay. I feel like that was if it was not the first, it was one of the first because I remember it well. And I remember being really young and I'm pretty sure I saw it with my mom and one of my aunts. And we I remember that we sat pretty close up. Like, I think we were in the first few rows. And I just remember being like blown away because, you know, they're, uh, they're they're doing the lineup like 
downstage mm-hmm. and just being so close to all those actors and dancers and singers. And, and, you know, that show just gets you in the spirit of being a performer because you're getting that eye-opening backstage view or the, the, the BTS as it were. So it, I just, <laughs> oh, yes. um, I just remember being like, whoa, this is a world that I could be in. And, <laughs> and then after that, I became obsessed with the movie version of Chorus Line, which is like very silly, but Hey, we liked it. <laughs> I mean, I just like, I loved it for years and years. I used to watch that. Like I wore that VHS out. Mm-hmm. Well, Cassie gets a great song in that, in the movie. Yes, version. she does. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. I love it. Well, obviously you were in Ranch and everything. Were you a rent head though? Like, cause it, when you were a teenager, then it was kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, I never, I wasn't old enough to be like the original rent heads or like to wait mm-hmm. outside the theater and all that. Yeah. But I, even at the age that I was at, I remember being like, what is happening? Like these characters are young and hip and the music is, you know, contemporary and what they're wearing is so cool. And Mimi kind of looks like me and, you know, or like what I want to be. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was all so cool and aspirational really um because like they were older than us technically but like right I just remember being blown away so I was definitely like I'd say rent headlight but I was oh I mean (laughs) when I tell you I was word for word I knew that cd oh yeah oh yeah yeah and you did play Mimi you were full-time Joanne yes so but covered Mimi yes so when I first auditioned for the bus and truck networks tour of rent that I did the first rent tour that I did I very specifically remember going in singing my shtick and Michael Greif saying, oh, well, you're very much a Mimi, but we already cast a Mimi. But you, he, and then he like looks down at my resume and he was like, oh, you're like a real actress. You went to conservatory. He was like, why don't you play Joanne and you'll cover Mimi? Which um, I think was the first time they'd ever done that. Um, like have a, have a Joanne cover of Mimi because it doesn't really make sense. Um, sure. Just in terms of like, how it works in terms of covering roles, you know, but, but yeah, so that's what I did. I I played Joanne full time. And then I, you know, I I went on for Mimi very rarely in that time because it doesn't really make sense to have, I think they had like a, somebody in that ensemble go on for her more often than me. And it was also good because I was so insecure back then. It's so like, the body dysmorphia was raging so it was fine but but, i'm sorry to hear that it's okay it was a many many years long journey but i finally kind of really unfortunately in the last like three years have finally just started to like i finally figured out how to be kinder to myself and my body and create more like stasis in that world and that's really nice (laughs) frankly yeah i mean i know it's a journey you know yeah like something you just all of a sudden flip a switch and you're like, you know what? I'm going to be confident now. It's yeah. something that you have to constantly be thinking about and it plagues people. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I okay. know. I felt like I was fine for years. Mm-hmm. And then just in the last like three months, oh my God, it's like insecurities I haven't felt in like five, six years have come back. It's, it is a journey. I always yeah. talk about it as like a train that you kind of never yeah. get off, but it slows down a little bit. Yeah. Or, you know, and it requires practice is the thing. Yeah. Like it's not, I think we have to be kind to ourselves, but we also have to like put in the work because you have to, you, you have to actually like keep up with the practice of talking to yourself the right way and doing the right things to actually, you know, keep yourself healthy and, and just, it's like a weird combination, but mm-hmm. you do have to keep up with it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That made me kind of emotional hearing you say, talking to yourself the right way, because I think that is a huge thing for me is you have to be your number one, your own number one fan. Yeah. And it's hard to do that because we're not taught to do that because you feel like it's cocky or wrong, but it's not that it's not anything about, you know, being any better or more important than anybody else. But it is like, ultimately, this is the body that I'm in, right? Like, this is what I got. So like, I need to show up for her, <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. she can show up for me. I'm so hippy dippy right now, but you know, oh, I love matters. it. It matters. And then that way I can also to quiet the noise in my brain so that then I can show up and be more present for my work and for other people. You know, it really right. is like, put your own mask on so that you can show up for others, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh, you mean uh, like in the airplane when you, have yes, to oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I mean. I just like, it just, yeah. it's, I think so much of this journey, as we said, like of being kinder to myself and being kinder to my body has actually just been about helping me quiet the noise and like get more focused in the ways that I want to get more focused and my mm-hmm. priority straight. It's very helpful. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks for speaking on that. I think that's oh, yeah. helpful to hear too. Cause you know, we look through your whole resume and it's like, you played so many sexy roles and done so many different things. And yeah. Yeah. But if you knew like the things that I went through with my brain, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just so much, so much meanness, so much mm-hmm. meanness and insecurity and like, yeah, it's pretty wild because I did. I I was a lot of naked, a lot of underwear, but but um, <laughs> yeah. but um, it's so funny because now I'm so much more comfortable with my body than I ever was, and yeah, it's it's been a journey. Yeah, yeah. but even like it got bad. I mean, during Hedwig, I mean, it wasn't so. It was a separate thing. It wasn't that wasn't the body stuff, but like panic attacks. I mean, you know. Mm, wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I mean Hedwig too. Like you're in a completely different body in, in yeah. a way. You know. Yeah. So. But that was so fun. And you didn't leave the stage in that one. I, that's right. No, didn't leave the stage. I loved doing that so much because it, it was like, it felt to me like, yes, this is what I went to school for. This is like real math work, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a full body, just like immersion into a character, which I loved it so much. Was there a lot of improv needed with that? Yeah, I, there was, there was, especially with. John Cameron Mitchell, when I got to do it with him, I mean, because he was just so, of course, so comfortable and flexible in that character. So there was just like tons of be ready for anything. But yeah, no, there was a lot of improv, like, especially if anything went wrong, which it did with all of the Hedwigs, like something always just, there's stuff that's left open to chance, which is so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, lots of improv, which was great. And, you know, it was a great challenge too, because it's like, I was doing an accent and like in this other role and so you have to really be so prepared which is so fun because then you can really just be free and explore things and discover things yeah you were the only other performer to do the role after lena hall right on broadway yeah yeah that's right for it or did they ask you to do it so i auditioned for it i had not been in the first round of auditions for it i think because or i know this because originally they were like look we're doing this show on Broadway. It's already like a very specific show. We know it's a bit of a risk to pull a show like this on Broadway. And we're going to do all the things that we can when we open it to, you know, I say this word not as a bad word, even though it can be a bad word to like make it accessible. Right. So like uh, Neil Patrick Harris is like a known entity. People love him. And we want to do like a, a Yitzhak that feels 
traditional, you know, and feels like the right thing. So like Miriam Shore or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and let's for, you know, let's be honest, not black, <laughs> like not a, right. not a, yeah. if we're doing somebody who grew up in Eastern Europe and yes, of course there are people of color over there, but it, you know, they were like, let's try to make this as, I guess, as clear almost as possible for people to yeah. understand. And so eventually it was like, I had friends all over the city who had been going in for Yitzhak and I just, I never even thought twice about it, even though I loved Hedwig. I, again, like I, I loved the movie. Like I was upset. I was, oh, yeah. a, I was a headhead. <laughs> I never heard that. Is that, was that what yeah, they called those? Yeah. Things? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> but I, I loved Hedwig. That's another thing. Like in, in college, I, I was, I just like the soundtrack word out, word out, word out and huge John Cameron Mitchell fan. Actually, when he saw Passing Strange and like had really nice things to say about my German accent, I lost my entire mind. Oof. So I just didn't even like, ex- I didn't expect to be called in for it. I it was not surprised that I was not being called in for it. And then eventually I get a call from Michael Mayer and he was like, so I have not called you in for this because all those reasons he was like, well, you know, we're trying to mm. do the again, without shade, the safe version so that we can actually make this show a hit, make it work. And I was like, totally get it. And he was like, but I keep wondering what your Yitzhak would be like. He's like, I just know you so well. And I just, would you mind indulging me and coming and like doing a work session? He's like, I'll bring you into like the final callbacks. And like, and this, this is like last minute. I was actually with Shakina again. I was with Shakina. We were like having coffee or lunch or something. And I get this call from Michael and he was like, would you be up for singing the Yitzhak stuff? And then we'll do a work session. He'll sing through the songs and then you'll do like an improv with John as, as Yitzhak. Oh, so John was yeah. there. Yeah. And I was like, it's absolutely. And he was like, but here's the thing. Like, we need you to come in as Yitzhak. So, you know, mm-hmm. so that was the kind of crazy thing. So Shakina and I went conveniently across the street to a Halloween store, got me some like <laughs> fake mustache shit. and makeup mm-hmm. so I could like turn myself into a man. And then I remember like that weekend, I it must have been the weekend because I it wasn't so quick and dirty. I quickly prepped the accent and you know reminded myself of the songs, which luckily I knew. <laughs> and I like, did all this prep work on like for myself, for my own brain, like how I, a person of color, came from that area and like what my journey was, what my family history was that got me there, just like made sense of it for myself. And then did a lot of work in the mirror of like figuring out how to make myself look like a guy and, you know, borrowed clothes from the guy that I think was seeing at the time or I, I, you know, it was like, just (laughs) like, just made, made a character up and, and it was so fun. And the, oh my gosh, the, the work session was so fun because you're not going into like a uh, like a regular audition room you're going into like a um recording like a sound studio space you know where you rehearse with bands and so it was like full band setup and you're like the got to sing the songs with the microphone and and then yeah getting to do like a Q&A in the character was so fun getting to answer oh and I got this, I had to sing a song of my choosing as well which was really fun oh. I sang Papa Don't Preach as Yitzhak. Fun. But oh, you had to do it as a monologue. Oh, that's a good choice. I've made up my mind. I'm keeping my baby like that. <laughs> yes. Um, Which is very fun. <laughs> and then, yeah, did this like long improv with John. John as Hedwig and me as Yitzhak. And John was like dressed as John. John was like not dressed as Hedwig, but it was still, it was tr- an actual dream. Like that was like maybe one of the highlights mm. of my career. Just like 
sitting with John, who was like a true icon to me and yeah, and just such a, like a like an outrageous talent and just sitting with him improving and we just we had a blast and I think he kissed me in that too. I think like at a certain point he was like <laughs> like we were like fighting pretending pretending to fight and at a certain point he was like you know we made up and he's like you know told me to kiss him I was like yes okay <laughs> so then cut to of course I get this email from Michael being like so we love you so much and if the show were opening with John you would 100% be like John's, you know, you, you guys are, you, the chemistry is off the charts. And he was like, but we're opening the show with Neil and go with a different choice, which is absolutely fine. It was Lena's yeah. time. She was incredible in that role. And it was like, it was meant to yeah. be for sure. And like, obviously it worked out well, um, <laughs> yeah. um, more power to her, but, but yeah. So sure. that was, that was that story, which is like, I'm really fine with it was, um, it was a special thing. So it was nice when, when I still got to do the show with John. Like I was so glad that when they asked me to replace Lena, that John was still going to be extending his time. Yeah. Cause it was Neil. And then was it Andrew Rannells and then John? I think it was Neil, Andrew, and then Michael C. Hall. And then oh, John. Oh I yes. yeah. I forgot that Michael C. Yeah, Hall did. I wish I had seen Michael C. Hall. I heard he was so good. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you've done so many of our favorite shows over the years and i confuse the michaels i sometimes confuse michael greif michael michael mayer's work yeah great thing. musicals and whatnot but i have to ask about american idiot you were what's her name your 21 guns is something that has been in my mix forever and ever it's oh. so beautiful that's the first time i remember really hearing your voice and being like wow mm-hmm. and she's got it what was what was american idiot like was that because you had a previous connection to was that Greif? Here, we, here I go again asking. Or was it Mayer? No, that's Michael oh, Mayer. Mayer. Okay, okay. And yeah, so that was my first Michael Mayer experience. And I auditioned for it. And I remember just like that. That, that was another really fun audition because it was like, you know, sing a rock song. The, the initial call was like, sing a rock song and and then prepare this weird poem as a monologue. There's like something from the 60s that was like really dark and weird. And I was like, yeah, I can totally get down with this. Because like, I, I definitely like loved, loved punk music and loved ska music as a kid. And so I was like, I, I, I get down with this kind of like rage art. Um, and then, yeah, as the callbacks went on, you know, got to sing the, the cuts from I walk alone, the only one, and I am Got to sing that, got to sing Letter Bomb, oh, yeah. 21 Guns, like all the, you know, all the what's their name hits. And it just was so fun because again, it was like they had a guitar plugged in for the, uh, for the call. And um, anyway, so that's something I auditioned for. I didn't know Michael ahead of time, but he, he, yeah, I just love him so much. And he's really, he was like one of those directors who I think like really saw me, you know, and like, he, I think Michael has kind of come back to me so many times, I think, because he really sees like all of the sides of me, even though I, I haven't always gotten to like showcase them. So like during American Idiot, I remember during rehearsals and stuff him being like, oh, wait, you you have like this whole other, like, you're like a character actress in like an ingenue's body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's all this like funny shit about you where you like got all these characters and voices and he's like, okay, one day we'll use those. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's, and there you go. And then it paid off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You have so much range. You've done so many different things. I mean, Connor, I know that we were kind of like trying to cherry pick different projects. Was there anyone, anything in particular you were? Oh my God. Well, Rebecca, I have to tell you the Oklahoma revival, Mm. the songs that you, I mean, it's, it's all great, but the songs you sing on 
specifically people will say we're in love mm-hmm. gives me chills every single time. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, the, you know, the rumors about the Oklahoma that fucks and everyone's like, this is the show. This is the one. Yeah. And then you go see it. And it really was spectacular what you can do with just a change in direction yeah. for material that's been out for years and years. You yes. Know? It's so true. It's so true. I thought that was like, that's what I love so much about it is like, you can do that with anything. You can always just look at it with fresh eyes. It takes work to like, if you know, if you're familiar with the piece, it takes work to kind of like disentangle your brain from what you know previously. But if you look at something with fresh eyes, like you can find all kinds of new things in it. And, and with those songs, I mean, the, I thought those arrangements were just so genius and so beautifully done. And just, they made that music feel so personal and fresh. And I loved singing those songs. Yeah, your Lori was so amazing. And I mean, the ending with the costume, like the blood. I mean, it was just really a cool, I mean, it was one of the coolest things I think I've seen on Broadway ever, to be fair. I have this like memory in my head of the show's over and you and Judd are holding hands before Mm -hmm. you go off. Was that, is that just something I dreamed of? Yeah, Patrick would hold my hand sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. probably a lot. That was probably happened all the time and I'm just not remembering. But yeah, I think sometimes we just, you know, we were like, oof, got to hold each other up you know, after that. Yeah. Um, That was so chilling. I mean, but you were brilliant in that. And I have to say one of our favorite things you've done was significant other. I know that it was like a little moment in time there, but. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. It was so fun. I mean, that was like one of my favorite things to do too, because it's like everything I say, I'm like, it's my favorite. Um, (laughs) But there were so many things about that, that made that so fun because like, I have worked with, again, I've worked with Trip Coleman a thousand times now. And I just like working with Trip is such a treat. I mean, he's so good with actors. He's so kind with everyone. And so um, you just feel there's just a generosity that is is just the way it is in the room. And so you have so much freedom and it's so nice. And then, so the rehearsal process was a blast. And then just all of the players in that piece were so fun and actually getting to play such a supporting role, like not having the responsibility, like Gideon having to hold everything together and the rest of us kind of swirling around. And I had like one of the smallest roles in that piece. And it was just, it's so funny the way like, my ego could have told me like, I don't want to, do I want to do this? Like, what, it, what is it doing for me? But oh my God, it was it fun. Cause I got to just mostly hang out backstage, changing my clothes. Cause I just, it was a costume parade for me, which was so mm-hmm. fun. I wore the most fun costumes. And then I got to like have Sass Goldberg make me laugh. Oh. I mean, the amount of laughs that we shared backstage, I mean, it just was so much fun because it was like so much fun on stage and it's so much fun off stage and just changing clothes and hanging out with my friends. It was yeah. so fun. And that was your, that was your play. <laughs> I mean, you, that was your Broadway play. Debut, yes, right? exactly. I know it was like, I, you know, you know, I went to a conservatory, like I did mostly straight plays in college. And then mm. it was like, you know, you graduated if you can sing. And especially if you're a person of color, especially back then, it was like, you do musicals now, which mm. is great. I love musicals, but you know, I, and I've gotten to do more plays off Broadway, but it's, it, right. it's so fun to get to do a play on Broadway because, you know, Broadway is really fun, but you know, if you're doing a musical eight shows a week, it is that pressure on Broadway is it's different from off Broadway. Mm-hmm. It really is. And the exhaustion is different. And so getting to do a straight play and, and just not having to have the element of how is my instrument today? Like, am I talking too much? Like, you know, this kind of thing, like not being able to 
commit to doing a podcast because I'm like, oh, can can I afford to use my voice for an hour? You know, it's like that would stress me out. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's just it's it's very stress inducing. It can be sure, yeah. But so yeah, doing doing that play was like what a dream. Can we? this forever i remember thinking like i wish that this could be a long-running play because then i could do all the like those like going back all the way back like i could do all the tv auditions and have the room for that and not be stressed and Mm -hmm. it would be like a show i could come back to yeah yeah. i wish that it was like because i know that it was with roundabout off broadway i wish that it would have stayed with roundabout to be fair though when it came to broadway because i feel like it would have maybe had a more built-in audience and then it wouldn't have been as much pressure. And I don't yeah. know, it was just such a tricky season though as well. With Yeah, the, it was, you know, it was, I kind of also wish it, we could have turned it into a TV show, Ooh. you know, or like a, just a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like a four part mini series or something like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Each, each friend has good. their episode and yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was so good that guys, we got to chat with Gideon. We had Sass on a few years ago. I mean, everyone Ugh. just says the same amazing things about that experience. And yeah, so thank yeah. you for your for being a part of it. It was. It was oh really my gosh, fun. I'll never hear that, Celine. I'll never hear oh, Celine that song oh. the same ever again. Anytime I hear it, yes, oh, classic. I know there have been a couple of times where I've like heard it in the grocery store or something, and I'll just like record myself and send it to the group. Oh. You know. <laughs> Never then, forget. Uh, was that Lindsay Mendez was in that tape, of course. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. All she stars. was also incredible in all, all stars. And Barbara Berry, right? Yeah, Barbara Berry. Oh, the best. I actually saw Barbara. She came to see the show at Classic Stage. And like, what a sweetheart. I mean, I just that woman's she's incredible. Yeah. We're we're running out of time here, Rebecca. You're just the loveliest. I, I knew this was gonna be so fun. <laughs> I need to ask about and just like that. Oh, because I saw that in your credits and I, I've only watched it through like one time, you know, I just, I, not like with Sex and the City where I've gone back and revisited. Yes. Like, can you remind me what yes. your, your role yes, was? Yes, no, totally. I'm almost unrecognizable. First of all, I will say like, I think it was, I guess it was post pandemic, right? Like when did that think, show? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it, yeah. Cause I think in season one, there was like onset photos of like Sarah Jessica with a mask. Right. And we were like, oh, okay. Is yes. This going to be a COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So first of all, let me just say like all of the love to all of my past selves for, you know, for all the reasons, but she was packing on a couple of extra LBs at the time um, okay. because of, Relatable. you know, uh, honey, when she was in lockdown, she had nothing, she had no choice. She did a lot of eating a lot of de- a lot of eating, a lot of uh, also eating and also drinking. Of course, um, <laughs> yes. I mean, we drink a bottle of wine on Zoom every week with our friends. Like that's like the you thing do about- what you gotta yeah. do. Mm-hmm. So I was a little heavier, but also they straightened my hair for the episode. So okay. it's like you know when when I have straight hair, it's like it is like who is this? What I will tell you is it's the episode where Kelly Goff wrote it, and the episode is where Charlotte. <laughs> is uh having a dinner party and she doesn't she realizes she doesn't have any black friends and so she asks her neighbor Mm -hmm. who is black she asks her and her husband to come be a part of her dinner party and the neighbor is like come again you know (laughs) kind of gets the gets the vibe charlotte's like really over the top annoying at the door and Uh her friends lisa lisa todd wexley or whatever wexler whatever her name ltw is coming over or something like that yes yeah yes that's right that's exactly right Mm -hmm. yes yes i remember now gosh um kristen davis really gets all the comedy beats and then just like that she she has so much 
to play with with her role i, I think know. you know the way that it shook out so yeah which is really fun she's like funny. she's she's great at it and that character charlotte like i think i didn't realize back in the day with sex in the city how much she's she's a comedian you know it's like mm -hmm. that role is so like iconic and like where is he like and, and you think <laughs> of her as kind of like annoying and like girly and all these things yeah. but it's like oh that's actually comedy like what Kristen Davis is doing is so brilliant. It's like mm -hmm. really, really sharp comedy, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. So it was very fun to act with her too. She's so, she's so nice. That's great. Yeah. I, I, you know, mm -hmm. I hold certain people just this, these high regards. So that's always refreshing. Too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause you never know. Yeah. Well, people love to always share like know. the one bad story they have too. So it's always like, come on, like one, one person's bad day might not, you know, mean yes. they're not a nice or generous person. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've lucked out. I've only had like one TV experience where where I worked with somebody and I was like, oh, that's it's a little bit of a bummer for Aww. my little fan girl heart. Yeah. But I won't even, I won't even say who it is because you know what? You never know. That never person know. could have been having a bad day. Mm -hmm. I listen. If you find me at three o'clock on a Wednesday, it's not my best work. You know, it's right? Tough. It's tough. Right. Not to and make like, excuses, but you know. <laughs> yeah, and this and this actor also had this this person that I'm thinking of like had been on this show it's like a one of those long running episodics like this person been on the show for so many years mm -hmm. number one on the show and like you know i'm like nobody i'm a random ass actor doing a guest star role and she's like do i have to even give a shit about this girl mm. no no she frankly doesn't so but when she knows who you really who you actually are then she'll be sorry but anyway, okay yeah anyway uh, <laughs> at first i was like i hope this isn't someone on smash and then i was like well they only lasted two seasons so it couldn't have been yeah, no, been no it smash. wasn't smash smash was fun and were you one season one or two i was on season one and again okay. i had straight hair on that one too do you remember the episode that you were like which what was the storyline Ooh, no okay i remember that it was like it was it was catherine mcphee she is like going home. She like goes home to where Iowa, she's from, like Iowa, Ohio, Iowa. Iowa. And I was like one of her home okay. friends. Oh. And so I think because of that, like we straightened my hair because it was like, you know, more like hometown. Yeah. When she sings Redneck vibes. Woman at the bar. Or the, yeah. And her dad wow. weirdly watches yeah. from the background. And yeah. Yes. Which was <laughs> Dylan Baker, who then I worked with again on the Marvel podcast. Oh, he's just amazing. Icon. I mean, he is so amazing. And again, such a mensch and like so lovely to work with. And that was so fun to do with him. And then I didn't work with Megan Hilty on Smash, but years later, like just a year, two years ago or something, I was, I filmed like a short recurring role on this show that hasn't come out yet that she's on. That's called The Pradeeps of Pittsburgh. Y'all oh. look out for it. Comedy, it's gonna be so funny. Oh, I love oh, to hear that. God. It's gonna be very okay. funny. And I was, I felt so lucky. It, it, it shoots in Toronto, but it was so, oh my gosh, it was so fun to do. Oh my God, we could talk to you forever yeah. and ever, but we're wrapping here. Before we say goodbye, we do end yes. on a dose of drama. This is something on our minds, something, you know, that we're doing tonight, a little pop culture recommendation, something we've been thinking about, a rant, a rave, could be could be truly anything. And I am going to kick it off, and I'm cheating a little bit because I'm just going to, like, ask you about one of your credits. But one of my favorite <laughs> movies, I mean, I mean, I'm serious, like, this is one that I love. You're in. Someone great that was on Netflix, the <laughs> Gina Rodriguez, Britney Snow, coming of age, girlhood, 20s New York movie that I think yes. just hit at the right time for me. Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you for being a part of, of cinema. I mean, and also, I can't 
mention this movie without saying that the writer of this film was inspired by Taylor Swift's song Clean. And then Taylor loved the movie. So she wrote a song inspired by that that's on her lover album called Death by a Thousand Cuts. So all right. Just had yes. to say all those connections. That is so cool. Oh my God. I love that you brought this up. I, I love that movie too. It's so good, right? Because so so I love I feel like it's a coming of age story and it's like a love letter and it it's a love letter to New York mm-hmm. and like to, you know, of course to friends and to, you know, college age and to like, to that, that specific like time of life. But it's, it really, there's so much about it. That's like a love letter to New York. Oh, I loved doing that. That's so much. Cause I was also like, I had watched Gina Rodriguez on her show and I just thought she was a genius, a full on genius. And so getting to work with her was really cool. And um, DeWanda was so welcoming to me. She was your love interest, right? She was my love interest. Yeah. And she, it was so sweet. Like when I saw her, she was like, oh my God, when they told me that you had put yourself on tape, I was like, please let it be her because she was like, I loved you. I've I've loved your work for a long time. So it was like one of those, again, one of those things where you show up and you feel like, oh, I'm being welcomed here. I belong here, which goes such a long way for somebody who's not one of the leads in in either a TV show or a film for people to like make it a point to tell you that they want you there mm-hmm. just goes so long so far Aww, i love that um, oh, it was awesome. so fun too but that, yeah that movie was so fun it was like the writing was so good the director was so great rupaul makes an appearance so. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah highly recommend if people haven't seen it it was it was a blast yeah so still, and there's a cover there's a frank ocean cover of moon river in that movie that is so beautiful i don't know if anyone's heard yeah. it but it's really good Wait, I have to say, I remember, I remember RuPaul was when Ru had a podcast was talking, I think with Gina Rodriguez about the movie. <laughs> Ru could not for the life of him remember the title of the movie. He could oh. be like something good. So some, someone, oh, good, someone. something good. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh. Something else. Yeah, yeah, right. All the different variations. Oh, that's <laughs> but, that's. I remember oh. that too, Connor. Um, okay, my dose of drama is a music recommendation. I have recently gotten into the singer Self Esteem, who is um, her name is Rebecca Lucy Taylor. She's currently playing Sally in the West End Cabaret, but hmm. she is phenomenal, and she actually provided all of the music that was in Prima Facie, the Broadway play last year with Jodie Comer. And her, it's just beautiful, and she has great wisdom in all of her music, and she's queer, and so I just love. That's my recommendation. She is absolutely fabulous. And Connor, what is the song that I'm obsessed with with hers that you were singing to me? Oh, before? I do this all the time. I do this all the time. Listen, I do this all the time by self-esteem. Okay. Self-esteem. Yes. Okay. Now, cool. Rebecca, another Rebecca. What is your dose of drama, Rebecca? Okay. I mean, it's tough. Like I have, I have read a couple of books recently that I want to recommend, but I think I'm just going to go ahead and say, if anybody has not watched either Bad Sisters or catastrophe. I've just recently become a huge fan of Sharon Horgan. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, who is this woman? How is she so brilliant? I know I'm late to the party, but my God, she's, wow. She's just like so inspiring to me because she's so, so funny. She's so sharp and just like endlessly watchable. And so I, I highly recommend, recommend those things that we like tore through Bad Sisters now we're watching that. Although, okay, and now that I'm saying these things, I'm. I also want to go back and say, if you haven't watched, oh my god, Happy Valley. 
Oh, oh yes, I've heard amazing. People love that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You must. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. must. Well, thank you for the recommendation. And also thank you for this amazing chat today, Rebecca. You are such a delight. Thank you. I'm so long-winded. I was like suddenly I was like, oh, I've like taken up all our time with like no. oh my God, no. Our listeners are going to be so pleased to hear from you. And you've given us so many amazing performances over the years. And I'm just really grateful that we had this time today. Me too. I'm glad we finally were able to do it. Yes. yes. Thank you. And everybody <laughs> needs to follow you. You're on Instagram at one Rebecca Jones. That's right. And I'm, I like, I'm actually making a pact with myself that I'm going to be more present on Instagram in 2024. Cause I'm yes. just, so, I'm like so averse to it, but I'm like, ma'am, this is, you show up. You show yes. up. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> will be, everyone will live for your content. So yeah, let's, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While everyone's following you, they've got to follow the drama podcast. If they're not already, follow us on Spotify, Apple Pods. I'm at Connor McDowell and Dylan's at Dylan McDowell. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you again, Rebecca. This was amazing. Thank you. All right, Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. drama.